On your PC, iPod or smartphone, this is the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. On the 11th edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast, we catch up with Coastal Titans coach Martine Pearman. We travel up the Calder Highway and chat to Bendigo's Emma Grant. Then we're off to the Harbour City to catch up with Newtown Breakaway's Stephanie Wake. The traditional VWFL All-Stars versus Australian Defence Force Anzac clashes on this weekend and we catch up with Victorian coach Laura Kane. And we round out with an in-depth discussion on all things Tassie women's footy with Lee Elder, competition manager of the TWL. All that is coming up on the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. I'm Peter Holden. Welcome to the 11th edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. And thanks to everyone for not only liking the posts of when we do put up the podcast, but for actually liking the Girls Play Footy Facebook page. Uh, it's gone up to over 1,900. In fact, there's been almost 400 likes in the last week. It's been extraordinary. On behalf of everyone at girlsplayfooty.com, especially Matt and Katie, our sincere thank you. Now, I've also noticed out of all the likes, there's been a lot of people liking from the Broken Hill area where you've got a a 14 women's competition. We hope to finally catch up with someone from AFL Broken Hill very soon to give us a lowdown on what's happening there in season 2015. And before we jump into the first of our interviews, I should point out that Girls Play Footy Radio will be on this Sunday from 11am at Shepley Oval in Dandenong for the traditional Anzac clash. That's between the Victorian Women's Football League All-Stars and the Australian Defence Force. So there'll be an earlier start time, 11am this Sunday, Girls Play Footy Radio. Just find us on the web at girlsplayfooty.com, just on the right-hand side of the web page. Let's get into our interviews. Our first guest is the coach of the Coastal Titans and the WAWFL in Martin Pearman. And Martin, you must be absolutely stoked with the AFL Women's Draft. What was it? Seven Titans players that got drafted on the night out of a possible 34 spots, including the number one pick. Went to the Western Bulldogs, your very own Emma King. Yeah, look, you know, it's, um, it's a massive thing for our club and obviously Kingy um, getting drafted at number one, um, you know, it's just phenomenal for her and she's had a very strong pre-season and was focused on, you know, possibly getting drafted, let alone getting going number one so you know we're just really um, really happy for her and and the club yeah is definitely on a high at the moment Let's just quickly go through some of your other recruits that uh, have obviously been picked up by uh, the Doggies on Melbourne First of all pick for Kiara Bowers Yep uh, yeah look, Turbo um, has been in our club now for she's her fifth season so um, she's just a superior athlete and she's won the previous two um, WAWFL Fairest and Best Awards for the league, um, and she's just got uh, she's she's just an elite player, massive engine, um, and she was obviously delisted, and um, Michelle Cowan has, has picked her up again early in the draft, and that was kind of expected because she's just a fantastic player. And Renee Fourth is off to the doggies at pick eleven. Yeah, look, Renee's had a fantastic start to the season, and she's in really good form at the moment um, at club level and. Um, you know, she's gone to the Bulldogs and was previously for the last two draft campaigns at Melbourne. So she will take that opportunity at Bulldogs um, and no doubt will um, have a successful draft game again. And uh, Hayley Miller will be pulling on the uh, red and blue for the Ds? Yeah, so Hayley's uh, one of the younger girls um, within the group. Um, she's got a surf life-saving background, so she's um, a fantastic sprinter, very explosive. 
um, she won um, the best player at the under 18 championships last year and um, she's just starting to hit sort of some form now and Michelle's picked her up again um, and she certainly will take that opportunity no doubt. Ebony Rose Antonio got picked up at pick 14 going to the D's and if I'm correct was one of the uh, better players in your first game against Swan Districts. Yeah look Ebony um, has had sort of a long long term basketball career. She's played in the WNBL now for a few seasons um, and he's just a fantastic athlete and all-rounder. She actually played um, schoolgirls footy, so um, has always been passionate about women's footy and has decided this season to have a crack at the uh, women's league here in Perth. So, um, yeah, she's certainly, um, she's a raw talent, but gosh, she's athletic and she's got a great vertical leap and she certainly played well in that first game against, against Swans and has had an impact in such a short period of time, hence why she obviously caught the selector's eye. Um, and has been picked in the draft, so we're really pleased for her. And I know she's um, having a lot of fun playing footy um, at the moment. So yeah, it's very good for her. Uh, Dana Hooker also off to the D's at pick sixteen. Yeah, look, Hooks. Uh, she's one of our longest-serving players at the Coastal Titans, and she's a phenomenal athlete as well. Has put in a massive preseason. I think we put the GPS on her last week, and she ran fourteen k's in the game, which is fantastic for a female in footy. Um, so um, Zee just picked her up, she was at Bulldogs last year um, and she's really um, eager to have another good um, draft game so um, I spoke to her today and she was already um, keen to get on the track tomorrow night for Titans training. And uh, your final pick, uh, pick 18, uh, Leah Maskell uh, also off to the D's. Yep, Leah, um, is, she was drafted in the first year um, to Bulldogs, uh, missed out last year but um, through uh, injuries, she had an injury last year, and she's come back to footy again this year. She's also one of our longest third Titans players. Um, she plays state league hockey, so um, she juggles playing footy and hockey. And she's just had a fantastic preseason and start to our um, club and WIWSL season. So um, she's caught the selectors' eyes, fantastic as a backliner and can kick both sides, and is very versatile. So she was really wrapped last night to get selected again after a bit of a turbulent 2014 so I'm really pleased for her um, and she will most definitely have an impact again Now Martina, as a coach uh, over the last couple of years since um, the women's game has been taken more seriously so it's been you know, not shown as a novelty as it was I guess two years ago that it's now been taken more seriously, have you seen a different attitude in the girls over the last couple of years about the way that they're going about their pre-season training, everything from nutrition to recovery? Yeah look, most definitely and that's something that we push at the Titans, uh, we try and uh, well, we've tried to create, um, you know, a culture that revolves around being elite and professional and, you know, with the draft coming in um, and the opportunity for girls to play at that level, um, there's no um, sort of remuneration in women's football. So um, in saying that, the girls, you know, they train and they live a lifestyle that's almost like a professional athlete. Um, and I'm, you know, blessed to have fantastic sort of girls at my club that take it exceptionally seriously and they're elite in everything that they do from preparing themselves over the pre-season to um, obviously as you said nutrition and their recovery is imperative and, and you know they kind of are left to their own devices now because they've been playing for a while and so a lot of them have been exposed to that elite level AFL level with the draft um, and in saying that they get to you know obviously spend some time in the, in the sanctums of their respective AFL clubs, so um, they're educated about how to sort of prepare and take care of their bodies, and you know they do it very well now. 
And a great start for you personally, uh, for the Coastal Titans. Um, two zip, doing away with Swan Districts in round one. A comfortable win over South Fremantle in the last round. And the forwards doing the damage for you. Uh, uh, first of all, in round two, uh, Trisha Ramsey, seven goals last weekend. Yeah, look, we, we kind of, um, you know, went back to the drawing board a bit after two losses in grand finals over the last year to Swan Districts. who are a quality side. They're coached very well by Nicole Graves. Um, who's, you know, exceptionally experienced. She's um, also an assistant coach for Western Bulldogs this year for the draft. And they've got some elite players there and they've been very successful. So um, we went back to the drawing board, as I said, and um, we've restructured our forward line. Um, Ebony's obviously come in, Antonio um, and Lauren Burns from Melbourne Uni, along with Trisha Ramsey, who's the leading goal kicker for the last two years in the league. Um, and it started off... Um, exceptionally well and they're functioning really well down there together um, so I'm really happy with sort of how um, our game plan has been executed from, from the start so um, we take one game at a time and, and you know we, we keep working on, on the areas that need to be worked on and you mentioned the name Lauren Burns. Uh, I guess luck's a fortune for you. Uh, Lauren moving from Melbourne to Perth for work and you've just landed yourself a, a key forward and a former uh, football club president as well yeah, look, um, Lauren has come in with, you know, immense experience um, and she certainly is very directed down there in the forward line and it's, it's been a blessing. So the girls have really taken to her and they've gelled really well down in the forward line and unfortunately, even though Lauren started off on a good note, um, she unfortunately injured her calf in the last game. So just waiting to see how she's going to go with that. But um, as I said, she's come in and she's certainly had an impact um, not only on our team but on the league and before we let you go I guess you're expecting a fair chunk of your Coastal Titans side to make up the WA state side that'll be taking on the Big V yeah look the squad has been cut down um, there's still further cuts to be made I'm a coach there so we've got you know some real depth this time around and you know yeah I'm very hopeful that we have a few Titans in there um, but I'm just really excited about the the team that we will eventually um, take to play against uh, the Vicks on the 5th of June at um, Domain Stadium. So really exciting with the talent that we have. Um, and I'm sure that the 15 WA draftees will be making up the majority of that team. Um, and we go past that point. So as I said, the depth that we have is the best that we've ever had in WA. And I've been involved for a while now and I'm just really looking forward to playing that game and competing against the Victorians. And we thank Martine very much for her time and wish her Titans all the best in season 2015. Let's head across to Victoria now and up the Calder Highway to the town of Bendigo. It's home to the Bendigo Thunder, who were a very successful side a couple of years ago in the VWFL in the Northwest Division, Premier's back-to-back. When the new structure came in in 2014 under the rule of AFL Victoria, Bendigo took on the challenge, went up into Premier Division. Unfortunately, it was maybe one step up the ladder too much. Uh, they finished winless for the year and did struggle against the rest of the competition. But they managed to keep it together 
They went down to Division 1, had a uh, close-fought loss to North Geelong in Round 1, but in Round 2, they finally got the taste of victory. And I've got their captain, Emma Grant, on the line. Uh, Emma, how does it feel after about a year without a win to finally taste success? It was great. Um, 2014 was a, was a tough year for the club, obviously, but um, 2015 has seen a lot of players return to the club after taking um, 2014 off with a number of different reasons. Um, and with a new coaching team, team and a new committee um there's been whole new energy and excitement come back to the club so a win was um very exciting and well deserved and a big win it was a 80 point win 11 18 84 over diamond creek uh, just four behind um grace campbell the star for you as well um two goals and best on ground yeah yeah she she's um instrumental in our win and she um you know, getting her head down and getting that ball out um, in the midfield stoppages was fantastic. But all the girls, um, heaps of great individual effort, which was really, really good to see. As a team, we probably didn't play as um, as great as we would have liked, but definitely a lot of girls, because they're um, very new to football, they're finding their feet. So every game we're going to get better and better. Now, we alluded to 2014 when you were in the Premier Division. Unfortunately, didn't crack it through for a win that year. Um, how tough was it to keep morale up and everyone together in what was a very hard year? Yeah, absolutely. Um, unfortunately, I didn't play last year as I was living in Echuca and I played netball for the year. But having said that, I was um, able to fill in um, a couple of times last minute when the girls were struggling for numbers. And it was really tough, both on and off the ground for the club. Um the core group of girls who continued to train and play every week did a fantastic job, but it was unfortunate that we had over half of the 2013 um, Premiership team not playing last year. And that, again, as I said, a, a number of reasons, including travel plans, work, pregnancies, there wasn't any girls who just didn't play because they didn't want to. There was just a variety of reasons that saw um, our numbers really significantly drop, which was um, really sad. But as I said, this year, which just picked up right back up again and it's just been amazing and coming back to division one have you found it easier to get recruits to the club yeah look i'm not really sure it really matters what league are in a lot of the um new girls we have recruited wouldn't don't really know um much too much about the footy and the vwfl so they wouldn't really know too much about division one premier that kind of thing um i was a bit worried that talking you know girls um they would want to come and join obviously seeing the results from um last year might have hindered our chances but uh, again the girls turned up and they really didn't know much about the thunder or what what had happened in 2014 so that kind of shows you that doesn't necessarily matter what happens the year previous um I do believe Division Well is really well suited to our team this year and we will win some and we will lose some, but our hope is just to continue to improve every week. Um, we fielded 10 brand new players to football in um, round one against Geelong, so that was just fantastic. And these girls have never played in the VWFL, so it's just really, really good to see and we've got plenty of numbers, which is just fantastic. And now for you being in the more competitive division, has there been more of a positive vibe around the club? Yeah, absolutely. It's extremely positive. Um, as I said, we've got 32 registered girls, so we've got girls actually missing out each week, which is a fantastic problem to have um, at the club. And um, even though round one was a loss, uh, how nice is it to know that each week that you're going out there, you've now virtually got a 50-50 chance of winning compared to, I guess, last year where, you, let's face it, the, the likes of Darabin and Diamond Creek were class above, not yourselves, but uh, quite a few other teams in the, in yeah. the league. Yeah, absolutely. We knew North 
Brock Geelong would um, throw everything at us in round one, and we we've got a good little rivalry going on there. But um, and we just weren't up for the challenge in the fourth quarter. But as I said, we, we we've learnt from that, and we will continue to learn. As I said, we've got. You know, so many new girls to the um, club, they're just learning every week. And, you know, with the new coaching staff, we're just, every week's just going to, you know, there's just a fantastic vibe, as I said. Everyone's enjoying it, and it's just, it's really good to be a part of. And for yourself personally, uh, Emma, where did you start your footy career, and what brought you to the Thunder? Yeah, so I actually started my footy career as a seven-year-old girl playing with the boys at Gisborne. Uh, my brother, it was my brother's first game of under nines, and I was dressed up in my um, Western Bulldogs gear as a big Footscray fan, and um, one of the dads just said, you should come and play him, and so it took a little while for dad to agree, but um, ended up running around with the boys that year, and obviously didn't look back, so finished up when I was 12, um, obviously that, that being the ruling back then, and there was no youth girls or anything back then, so I just um, headed across to netball, and that was you know my second love, so I continued doing that, and it wasn't until I moved to Bendigo for um, university that we... Um, had a university team for the Southern University Games in Bendigo. And from that, with um, such great numbers for that, um, the Bendigo Thunder started. So that's how I got involved. And finally, how has the Bendigo community support been of the team? Yeah, um, Bendigo is very supportive of women's football. Um, there are a few extremely generous businesses who support us um, every week, which is fantastic. And the Bendigo Advertiser are also big supporters, um, which obviously reaches out far and wide across um country victoria so that obviously helps even win news you know on the win news um tonight so bendigo itself um is extremely supportive and obviously we're pretty grateful for that for sure and finally uh, just how encouraging is it to see the other country clubs coming along i mean north geelong won division two last year redan made the finals in division two and and uh, the gippsland galaxy just started up uh this year and they had their first game on the weekend and won yeah, it's fantastic. Obviously, it's it's tough being, um, you know, in country Victoria and whatnot because you've got girls, you know, especially, you know, we're fine in Bendigo and North Geelong find it as well. You know, they're at uni and they so they play, but then, you know, obviously work and other commitments change. So, a lot, of, you know, it's obviously a lot easier to field a Melbourne team, but even Kyneton have set up a team, so that's not too far from us and Shepparton are looking at it. So, Central Victoria is looking really, really good for football and obviously we've got our youth girls, um, junior footy league that, in Bendigo too so we've got a great feeder system happening and it's just a matter of yeah keeping that going and hopefully more teams bop, bop up around country Victoria and we wish Emma and uh, Bendigo Thunder all the very best in season 2015 wherever you are you're listening to the girlsplayfooty.com podcast and a reminder we're always looking for more volunteers to join us it is a volunteer production that puts together the podcast and the website um, if you're looking to come on the podcast and tell us a bit about your league or if you'd like to write some articles for our website feel free to reach us via the Girls Play Footy Facebook page or send an email to girlsplayfooty at hotmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Now to the Harbour City where the season has gone underway and AFL Sydney's women's divisions one and two respectively. And one of the sides that are on the hunt for the flag is the Newtown Breakaways. And that's what I've got on the line, Stephanie Wake. Uh, Stephanie, uh, first of all, tell us about the history of the Newtown Breakaways. Uh, well, Newtown Breakaways Club uh, formed that um, back in 2002 so the um, Women's League first formed in 2000 and um, Sydney University was getting to the stage where it had just a few too many players for a um, one team but not quite enough for two um, so Jamie Robertson, uh, one of the players there um, formed the Breakaway Team which is obviously where the name comes from and brought along um, a number of other players there uh, 
lucky enough to be really successful. Um, so over the first 10 years, we made the grand final um, eight times and we won six, including four in a row. So we've had a strong history of success. But in recent years, we've been in a little bit of a rebuilding phase. And I believe you're one of the uh, clubs in the competition that actually field sides in both Division 1 and Division 2. Yeah, that's correct. It's us and UNSW are the only um, clubs that for, um, field teams in both divisions of the women's, um, yeah, women's league in Sydney. Uh, what are the numbers looking like at the moment um, when it comes to, I guess, your overall squad? Uh, they're looking pretty good. Um, We've always got um, space for more players. We're very open to getting uh, more players from a range of different backgrounds and skill level. Um, so at the moment, I believe our numbers are sitting around the 40 to 45 mark, and we're keen to get that up a little bit higher just um, to take us safely through the season. Um, obviously, injuries do happen, and being an amateur league, people also uh, work around things like jobs and holidays. And I believe you were very fortunate as well that uh, one of the uh, nearby clubs in Balmain actually withdrew from uh, Division 1 and uh, you picked up some of their players. I believe uh, Alison Parkin and uh, Laura Holtzworth came across. Yeah, that's right. Um, obviously, it's sad to see one of the um, teams um, pull out, particularly of Division 1 and particularly a foundation team. But, um, yeah, we've been lucky enough to pick up their club, um, some of their members. Um, so we've got, yeah, as well as um, Holtzy, um, that you mentioned, got Rowie, and we've also got a couple of... Uh, of the rookies um, joining us in Division 2 as well, which is very exciting. Uh, a quality team you've got there at Newtown. A couple of midfielders that played in the representative AFL Sydney side just the other weekend, uh, Georgia Van Kylan and uh, Cody Briggs. Yeah, we actually have an absolute superstar midfield. Um, very strong to have a, such a great unit working together and they did perform very well in the representative team. Um, we've also got um, Alex Schroeder, He's one of our vice captains. He's really strong in the midfield. Um, but sadly, this year we um, have also said goodbye to Toby Noble, who was formerly our ruck and club captain. Um, she's taken up opportunities elsewhere. Um, yeah, but we're really strong midfield. Um, obviously, with Anna Root, um, another strong player for us through there. A mixed opening weekend for the Newtown Breakaways in the AFL Sydney uh, competition. Uh, I guess a 20-point loss in Division 2, but you got the Chocolates in Division 1, uh, beating Macquarie University 68-23. to Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, really strong start there. Um, I don't know if you saw the records, but they were, uh, I think, 41 up at halftime. Um, had a couple of injuries in the third quarter, which really slowed the um, Division 1 girls down. But, yeah, strong enough to still finish strongly and come away with the Chocolates there. So it's... Pretty happy, great start to the year. Uh, I think we're on track to play Macquarie Uni three times this season, so it's always nice to get a win first up. Uh, your best on ground for the day was uh, Hayley Warren. Uh, what type of footballer is she? Um, she's actually one of the girls who's come across from um, Balmain. Um, she's a tall player. Um, I'm not totally sure where she's going to fit in long term to the club, but um, she's got some great marking skills and looks to be a great addition um, wherever we've played her at training. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where she fits in long term. And Verna Isles doing the damage for you, kicking the three goals? Yeah, absolutely fantastic to see her backing up. Obviously, she was um, golden boots for the league and obviously the club as well last year, so she took a sensational. I think she got three, and one of them came off the back of a great mark, so really great to see her coming um, through. Once again, very starting the season quite strongly. And we mentioned the rep game earlier. No doubt, fingers crossed, that a couple of the Newtown girls will uh, get picked up for the New South Wales ACT side that's actually uh, taking on Victoria in about a month and a half. A few girls um, training with the wider squad and obviously a couple of playing with them as well, so it's going to be a really exciting opportunity um, to see um, that game going ahead. And who do you think are going to be your biggest threats along the way to uh, taking out the AFL Sydney Division 1 title? Uh, well, the smart money would have to be on Sydney University. They were, you know, they're coming off um, premiership last year in an undefeated season. They've got great fitness um, and some 
absolute superstar players um, such as Den Lu and Steph Walker. Um, very tricky to mark you, Steph. Um, but yeah, so they'd be the smart money. Um, UNSW took them pretty close last year, but with the loss of Courtney Gum um, to an interstate um, over the off-season, that's going to be interesting to see how they cover her loss. Um, but yeah, I think the smart money has to be on Sydney Uni at this stage. And finally, again, before we go, that call-out, you're looking for players to join you at the Newtown Breakaways. Uh, if they're looking to sharp on training nights, where do they need to go to and when? Compulsory training is Wednesday. That's on Mahani Oval down in Maxville. Uh, that starts at 6.30 and generally runs till 8.30. We also have a fitness and recovery session, which runs on Monday nights at Alan Davidson Oval at Sydney Park. That starts at 6.30 and finishes at 7.30. And we thank Stephanie very much for her time. Now, obviously, it's Anzac weekend this weekend, and uh, traditionally around this time of year, it's the VWFL All-Stars versus Australian Defence Force match. So essentially what that means is uh, all the Victorian players, uh, excluding the Premier Division players, are eligible for this All-Stars team, and they take on the Australian Defence Force consisting of Army, Navy, and the Air Force. Uh, This match will be played at Shepley Oval, 11 a.m. Sunday, April 26. Get down there if you can. And I've got on the line, uh, normally the Melbourne University Muggers president, but in this occasion wearing her hat as the VWFL All-Stars coach in Laura Kane. Now, Laura, how did you uh, land the gig as coach? Yeah, so I, um, two years ago, um, I was the assistant coach. Um, and last year I was head coach, so I've rolled over again um, for into 2015. Um, so I've been uh, involved in the, the team um, for, for quite some time, and um, we, we had a, a win and, and then a loss last year, so um, looking to looking to make that, um, turn that around again this year. And what's the philosophy uh, behind um, selecting the squad to take on the ADF, which of course is, is very different to the typical uh, Victorian state squad, which tries to pick the best of the best out of the Premier Division? Yeah, so I mean, it's a really good opportunity for players who aren't in the Premier Division um, to get an experience in representative football. Um, there are some some amazingly talented girls who who maybe play at clubs that don't have Premier Division teams, so it's not their choice that they can't play in that competition. It's just that their club um, isn't isn't ready to transition into that level yet. Um, so that's really good, um, firstly. But secondly, um, it's excellent to be to be able to represent so many clubs. Um, in, in one team um, and as I said from teams who aren't your traditional um, you know Melbourne Uni Darabin Devils kind of strong powerhouse Premier Division clubs um, more so from, from the smaller clubs like out of Chanside Park and Morty Alec and, and Q and, and teams like that so it's really good to give those clubs the experience and some well-known names as well for uh, some of the lower division. First of all, I have a look at uh, Division uh, 1 club in North Geelong you've managed to uh, select Matty Boyd in your side yeah, very exciting selection there. Maddie's a, a great, um, great, great player um, and a great person. So uh, I was really excited that she nominated, um, and and she's in the same situation as I just explained. Um, North Geelong don't don't enter a Premier Division comp- a team into the Premier Division competition. So um, as she's sort of capped it at Division One down there in North Geelong, um, she's she can get the call up in this team. So it's excellent. She's a she's an excellent player, an excellent asset to the team. And a quality player in uh, Catherine Gillespie-Jones from Seaford also selected, who I believe also took part in the draft game just a few weeks ago. Yeah, so she she she's trained really, really well, um, and, and she's obviously um, come come under the radar of VWFL selectors at a higher level as well. So um, she's another one that is a, a real standout in her level of football, 
um, and he's sort of pushing uh, between the two divisions and, and particularly in representative football. Um, she's, she, people have got their eyes on her, so we're, we're thrilled to have her as well. And Jess Heath as well, you've picked up. She's currently playing with the St Albans Spurs, but was a Premiership player last year at uh, Wyndham Vale in Division 3. Yeah, so um, with the, the Cameron sisters who I, um, I was uh, played against, Jess Cameron actually, so, so Jess came from an extremely powerful um, side and, and has now um, moved over um, to the Spurs. But yeah, again, it's just the experience and quality of these um, players that are great leaders as well, um, which makes it um, makes a, a stronger side all round. And also you've managed to select some younger players, some uh, the, the Premier Division sides that do have Division 1 teams. For example, Georgia Holden, who's uh, been making her debut this year uh, for Darabin yeah. in, the, in the Premier Division. And, of course, um, you had uh, from Melbourne Uni um, some of the younger players coming through, Nicole Hildebrand and uh, Rachel Cullen as well, making the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that's another important thing to note, that um, although the, the Melbourne News and the Darabin um, you know, are real, really strong teams in the, in the Premier Division competition. They also have excellent players coming through the ranks and playing at Division 1 level. Um, and so it is really important to recognise those players too um, because obviously, um, you, you know, being from Melbourne Uni myself, we, we have um, a lot of success with representative football and a, a lot of girls playing um, in the draft game and, and similar. Um, but it is important to recognise our Division 1 players who, who, you know, really push for those Premier Division spots and um, is the reason why we can stay so competitive. Now, typically, if you're coaching in the Premier Division, let's say, for example, you can send a scout out ahead to another game and see who you're playing against as your opponents. Or if you're doing state versus state football, typically you get to gather who are the best footballers in each state and who you'll have to match up against. How tough is it to try and go into a game against the ADF where particularly not a lot's known about them? Yeah, so, I mean, through my experience, I, I can sort of, um, I understand the, the type of football they play. Um, they're extremely tough and physical, and their sense of team is extremely strong. They don't give up, they don't stop, and they, they go from the minute the ball's bounced to the, the minute the final siren um, goes. So, to combat that, I try and pick um, players that I think can, can um, match that strength, but also um, add that level of, of football skill and experience that, that some of the ADF girls may not have. In saying that, though, they do have a couple of players who play BWSL football um, in, when, they're, when, they're not, um, when they're not sort of away or, or in training. Um, but, but as you said, it, it's extremely difficult. Like the, the Army, Navy, Navy and Air Force um, don't compete on Sunday afternoon. I can't pop down to watch them. So um, it is tough, but they, they train really hard and they're, they're an excellent outfit as well. And before I let you go, who'll be joining you on the uh, coaching panel as you uh, take on the ADF? Yes, yeah, so I've got Craig Schillingmore from um, oh, the, the team Escapes Me. Montmorency. Um, Montmorency, yes, correct. Sorry, I, I was I had Morty Alec at the tip of my tongue. Um, and Dee from the Eastern Devil. So she, she was involved last year as well, um, and she's come up as an assistant coach with me. Um, we also have a number of strength and conditioning coaches, trainers, um, and selectors who were involved, including um, Darren Flanagan, obviously, from, from AFL Victoria. So it's been a, a team effort. Um, but it is good, um, you know, Craig's great, Dee's great, and they're, they're, it's really excellent to have other people that are interested in representative footy and, and um, wanting to develop themselves as well. And we thank Laura very much for her time, and a reminder again that that VWFL All-Stars versus Australian Defence Force match will be live via our radio stream on girlsplayfooty.com from 11am on Sunday morning, or you can also listen via the app. If you've got an Android phone, just simply go to the Google Play Store and search for the Girls Play Footy app. Our final interview before
before we go is with the competition manager of the Tasmanian Women's League in Lee Elder. He was heavily involved in uh, WA football before coming across to Tasmania. And uh, we're about to talk about the TWL plus the youth girls uh, side that's been picked for Tasmania. But before we do, we should point out that when you look at the draft, you may not see Tasmania there as a state, but there is one Tasmanian representative that was selected in the AFL Women's Draft. Pick number 17 for the Western Bulldogs, Jess Ruchner, um, who is being selected as being from East Fremantle, was originally from Tassie. But wasn't she, Lee? Yeah, she certainly has picked 17 of the Western Bulldogs. So we're obviously absolutely wrapped. That's the uh, uh, the second girl that's been drafted from Tassie. And uh, um, Jess, uh, born and bred in Tassie and played uh, eight years in total in the Tasmanian Women's Footy League uh, and uh, went over to uh, WA to play in the WA WFL uh, the beginning of last year. So 2014 was the first year at uh, East Fremantle. So we're absolutely wrapped. And what type of footballer is Jess? Well, uh, to be quite honest with you, um, Jess um, over here um, was very young when she started. And, uh, uh, of course, when you're a young player, you've got to get used to the physicality playing against uh, the older girls. So um, when she started, she was uh, more of an outside, but um, she became obviously a very talented midfielder and pushed up forward as well and um, the stats are quite incredible for uh, someone of her tender age. She actually played in five premiership teams with Clarence in the TWL in her uh, years here. Um, Also for her last three years she won the league best and fairest, um, the league leading goal kicker uh, and also uh, um, done the same at club level with Clarence. So it's an incredible story Um, someone so talented Um, probably the um, the point on her, she wasn't um, an elite fitness when she was in Tassie, but that got rectified very quickly going over to uh, the standard in WA, and she's really put the effort in and got the due reward. And, of course, she'll be playing AFL football on the uh, MCG on May 24. Now, girls that'll be hoping to play on the MCG, obviously, are the Tassie youth girls. They've got a long way to go through their career. But you've got an interesting structure set up for this national carnival. You're not actually putting in a side by yourself as one state, I believe. Yeah, that's correct. Um, This is the second year that Tassie's actually been involved with the national championships. Um, We're very glad to be part of it. I was uh, lucky to be involved with the WA squad when it started in 2010. Uh, and it's great to see, effectively, we have all states represented now, and it's exactly what we want to achieve. Um, obviously, with uh, the population and, and probably where they were in the participation levels uh, in Tasmania, it would have been very hard to put a competitive squad of 26 together. Um, so two years ago, there was a few discussions in the Northern Territory, same type of population as Tasmania's got, Um, thought we had uh, enough girls at that uh, high level uh, that if we shared a team together, uh, 13 um, from each area, one uh, 13 from Northern Territory and 13 from Tassie, that we could put a competitive side. So last year was the first year. um, The girls did get uh, uh, one win, which was absolutely fantastic. Obviously, coordinating between the coaches and knowing the players is a unique challenge, not exactly neighbours, Northern Territory and Tassie. Um, but this is our second year. I think uh, both areas are developing very quickly. Um, we're very hopeful to see a, a much improved performance at the Carnival this year. 
uh, and we'll also both be looking at having our uh, own teams in the competition in 2016 going forward. And you've got a quality coach going with the side. Uh, the co-coach of the Thunder Devils, as they'll be known, is uh, Andy Smith, of course, uh, from Clarence. Yeah, most certainly three-time premiership coach and obviously the coach of Woosha. Um, so he's, uh, his own daughter, Maddie Smith, was also drafted in the initial AFL exhibition draft. So um, he certainly knows how to bring up uh, the talent. He's got a good group together. He's been working uh, over the past eight weeks to get these girls uh, sorted out and we have announced our squad and um, from what I've seen at training, we've got some uh, real future talent there. The uh, uh, the captain of the Tassie half, Elise Gamble, um, has proved herself both at under-18 level but also senior state. She was one of our better players in the senior state game against Queensland last year. So she's high-quality, Ruck. Um, and as we saw last night, uh, Rucks get uh, high draft pick positions. I think it was one and two last night. Um, so hopefully we'll see uh, Elise, who's only 17 uh, right now in that uh, uh, in that draft selection criteria in the very near future. Um, uh, and one other girl that I've been um, really impressed with is Courtney Webb. She's from Launceston. Um, uh, she's only 15 at this stage, but I see her uh, as probably one of the best 15-year-olds that I've actually seen going through, and that includes uh, the girls I've seen in WA. So Courtney Webb is a name to look, up, look out for in the future. Um, and at training and also in the practice game, Zoe Knights from La Trobe, who uh, played her first game of competitive footy on uh, Saturday night for, for Devonport, um, she looks very impressive too. She's only 15 going 16 this year. So Zoe Knights, uh, Courtney Webb and uh, Elise Gamble, I think, are uh, absolute elite talent. And does it ever get explained to the youth girls that essentially they're going to be the generation that's going to make up the AFL women's competition? So in four to five years' time, wherever that might come along, they're essentially going to be hitting the peak of their powers around their early 20s. Yeah, the exactly same discussion point I had with the girls at the first training session that I explained to them when um, the AFL women's competition uh, will start and the ages they had to think about um, where they are now and what age they'll be when it all gets underway. And I think they realised pretty quickly that um, the more they learn, the more they listen and the more they develop through these carnivals, the more chances they are of actually playing AFL footy. Um, and there's going to be a lot more opportunities in the future than there currently is. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm very proud of the girls that got selected last night and hope they really enjoy the experience. But um, these girls are just the start. Um, the next bunch that come through are going to have much more opportunities and, of course, are going to be through the talent development program much longer and going to be even better prepared than the girls coming through now. And our uh, under-18 national championships only been going since 2010. So these girls that are coming through the system now, great opportunities, and um, it just shows that the AFL will be... Uh, a real option for first-choice athletes, and I think that's absolutely fantastic in the female market. And Lee, you've come across some extensive experience in WA. Comparing WA to Tasmania, WA is a long way ahead at this moment. Uh, what are the building blocks and the steps that Tassie women's footy needs to put in place to not only get better quality footballers, but greater participation? Yeah, you're right. Um, it is a unique challenge down here, and, and I've had a few discussions, and whether it's been tradition or... Um, just the resources and the staffing level. Um, in in WA, um, the greatest asset they have got is human resources. And 
Uh, they've certainly done a fantastic job. The game development model over there, uh, led by Warren Nell, is absolutely fantastic. Um, they've got a lot of people on the ground, and it's been a high priority through that system. Um, as you can see, and I'm sure you're aware, you've got Alison Moore in talent, you've got Alana Dickey in participation and competitions, and then all the district staff that do so much work in female football. Um, what Tassie needs to do is to ensure that we get those systems in place. We're looking at all girls' Auskick centres. We're looking at community junior girls and primary school girls' competitions. And then, of course, you start looking at your high school comps and youth girls, and that'll be a target for us next year to have a youth girls' competition right across the TWL where we're actually planting the seed for all the young female athletes that they can actually play footy and actually play in the AFL for the future and that's where we see the building blocks for us going into uh, the national championships next year with our own team by having the youth girls competition already started um, with up to uh, six to eight teams which is where we're hopeful to get uh, and it means our pool's going to be a lot bigger and it's amazing some of the girls that come from netball and basketball just adopt straight into footy very, very quickly because they've got the lateral movement, um, they've got the fitness base, um, and certainly they've got the hand skills they need for the game. And continuing on that uh, case of development, if we look at the round one results on the uh, TWL, uh, the brand new club in the Evandale Eagles has got off to the best possible start with a 20-point uh, win over East Coast. Yeah, well, in a way, they're both new clubs. Um, East Coast are really uh, reformed from uh, Lauderdale, um, and they'll play a few games up the East Coast this year, which is absolutely fantastic, and they're really spreading through the Lauderdale zone, which includes townships like Swansea and Tribuna. Um, so although um, they have got some history in the competition before, they're effectively a new club and new structure. Um, so both new clubs played each other in round one, which was fantastic. Um, played it at Evandale, which is a nice little historic town um, about 15, 20k south of Launceston. Um, I was actually up in Burnie and headed down to Evandale on the way back. So I got there about 20 minutes after the game had been completed, but there was still a huge crowd there. And the great thing is um, we do believe that they got close to a 1,000 people rocking up to the venue to watch Evandale play their first ever game and get a win is fantastic. So 56 to 36 was uh, absolutely fantastic. And Kiera Foley was their best player. Um, talent that's come from uh, Launceston, played for Launceston Football Club previously, uh, and she should be one to look out for in the talent and state squads in the future. And that's extraordinary. A crowd of about a 1,000 for a women's game when normally they get a crowd like that just for a women's grand final, let alone an opening game. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's uh, the great thing about Evandale, it's a real family area um, and a very close uh, community. Uh, and obviously the busload come up from uh, East Coast and all their fans and supporters as well. So reality, both were playing their first game. May not be the type of um, crowds that we expect uh, continuously, um, but a great celebration, a nice close match. Um, that's a really good start to the competition, a really good start for Evandale. And you were said uh, you were just up the road watching uh, Bernie and Glenorchy. You got the close game of the round. A uh, 11-point went to the Dockers. Uh, yeah, it wasn't good luck. It was all by design. Um, and, and the fixture, we pitted up what we believe uh, two of the top teams in the competition playing round one. Big trip for Glenorchy, obviously coming up from Hobart, three and a half hours uh, in the bus to get up to Bernie. Um, and it could have it could have affected their preparation. 
um, but still a very close game. It was very uh, scrappy early. I think um, uh, the physical side of the contest really led the way early. Um, Bernie have got some real talent, um, but I also believe that Glenorchy across the board look a pretty good unit, uh, well coached by Jamie Grace as well, and uh, I think they're in for big things this year. So it could be uh, uh, two of the top teams. Um, a couple of players that, are, that really stood out are Lee Scamble, uh, who's our um, state under-18 uh, captain. She was quite impressive. Um, and also Emma Humphreys, who's played well senior state previously. Um, she's a um, wonderful winger, uh, great talent, great uh, great pace and wonderful endurance. So she's one of the girls that I think has got the potential to make that elite level in the future. Um, she's um, reasonably young still, which is very positive. Um, and uh, Glenorchy, their senior players are very, very impressive. Uh, Tomasa Corey, I think, was... Uh, uh, an eye-opener for me. Um, people have talked about how she plays footy. Uh, she was on half-back and very, very impressive. But uh, really good runners there. Um, State senior captain Sandy Eaton, Gemma Allen, uh, Lara Taylor were all very, very impressive. I um, think they're going to be a very good unit this year. And uh, finally to the other game where it was a 78-point uh, victory to Launceston over Devonport. Two very different sides, mind you. Launceston being obviously one of the founding clubs of the TWL. Devonport, one of the more developing sides. In fact, I believe they've even hired a uh, full-time female uh, development officer there. Yeah, Danielle Dunstan has been appointed as, uh, appointed as the junior development officer um, for Devonport, and that's the TSL club that makes that appointment. So that's a male state league club making a um, a decision regarding game development and appointing a female, which I think is absolutely fantastic and absolute credit to them. Um, Danielle's actually coming down for induction over the next couple of days, so we get to spend a fair bit of time with Danielle. Um, she's a quality player too. She was the best player on the ground for Devonport that night. Um, it was a wet and, uh, and cold night um, in Launceston, and I think the bigger bodies um, actually surprised Devonport a little bit. They've got a very young side with some real quality in there, but it will take time for them to really gel. So I don't think the scoreline is probably too ref- true reflection of what Devonport can achieve this year. Um, Launceston just very smart. Abby Holmes was down for the game. She kicked three in, in wet conditions. She actually won the leading goal kicker award in Northern Territory. Um, and Megan Kelly, a very impressive um, player for Launceston as well. So uh, Devonport didn't score in the first half, but actually won the third quarter. So once the younger girls got used to the physical side of the contest, they really improved. And I, I think you'll see that with Devonport this year. But no doubt Launceston quality side and have been for quite a few years they'll be around the mark and we thank Lee very much for his time almost uh, time for me to get on out of here a personal thank you again to everyone who's uh, liked the Girls Play Footy Facebook page or retweeted anything that we've put out for our our Girls Play Footy Twitter account it really does mean a lot to us uh, particularly for Matt and Katie as it's a volunteer production the entire website the podcast and the radio stream none of us get paid so sincerely all your likes do mean a heck of a lot to us I'll be back soon with another podcast. Until then, you have a great weekend of footy. I'm Peter Holden. Bye for now.